Welcome to Mock 10 Sports in this June 8th, 2023. Beautiful summer day. We got a lot. We got a lot to cover. We got another special. We got a special guest. Y'all, y'all are familiar with him. He was on last week. I got a lot of good reviews, a lot of good feedback. Trey Bear, remember, first and foremost, my cousin. Uh, second of all, former Southern Miss student athlete. Uh, does a lot for the community there in Hattiesburg. He will be joining us. He will be live at the Super Regional in Hattiesburg next week. So he will join us. We're going to break down all the Super Regional matchups. But there's six SEC teams left. Six SEC teams left. We got two SEC versus SEC matchups in South Carolina at Florida, Kentucky at LSU. Also, Alabama heads to the number one overall seed, Wake Forest. And just like I mentioned, Tennessee heading down to the hub city, Hattiesburg, for the Super Regional it's a tough ticket. We're going to go over some ticket prices. I saw that on Twitter right before I got on here. I'll bring that up when Trey gets on. Uh, but, again, we got some basketball portal news to cover. Not a lot. Not really anything in football from that standpoint. Um, and then we have, in case you missed it, I'm excited about this. I think it comes out August 23rd, right before the season starts. You have the Florida Gators from 2006-2009 documentary that Netflix is directing. They came out. Uh, there's a date, August 23rd, like I mentioned. It's called Swamp Kings. It should be real fun, highlighting the aspects of everything from 06, 2009. That's the Tebow era. It's a lot of off the field. I'll talk about that just in a minute. I'll get to that in a minute before we get Trey on here to preview the Super Regional. So just the rundown again. We're going to talk a little college basketball transfer portal. No real big gets, just a potential guy on the market for both SEC teams I'm going to talk about. Just left a visit with an SEC team. We're going to talk Swamp Kings, the Netflix documentary on the Florida Gator football program from 0609. Then we're going to bring Trey on. We're going to, get, we're going to be direct here on this episode. We're going to get you in. We're going to get you what you need. We're going to get you ready for the Super Regional Weekends. But like I said, let's get right to it. College basketball transfer portal. Rosters are starting to shore up. We're already starting practice here in June. Guys are getting together. You go on these social media pages for these basketball programs, not in the SEC, just around the entire country, and you see they're getting back to work. Now, a lot of SEC teams aren't really going to do the European a trip. It's some NCAA rule, literally NCAA rule, it makes no sense. You can only go once every four years. If your school can pay for it, you can give your prospects, your athletes, sorry, not your prospects, your athletes, your student athletes, a trip of a lifetime that they would never be able to experience otherwise until they maybe make it to the professional level. I don't get it. If you can afford it to do every year, I think it builds team camaraderie. I think Alabama's team last year benefited off that. They went and played a couple of Spanish teams and the Chinese national team. I think they got better. They bonded over that. But to my point, we got one, the highest rated basketball portal prospects available, Grant Nelson, the North Dakota State transfer it's down to Alabama and Arkansas. I mean, right now, I would say arguably that is kind of the, one of the biggest, that is the biggest rivalry in SEC basketball right now. I mean, Alabama's won what now? Let's go back four straight, four, three straight over Arkansas. The one time they played in 21-22 and Alabama swept in this past year. We kind of see, as we know, a little beef between Eric Musselman and Nate Oates. Uh, but SEC, SEC on SEC battle now. He just left Tuscaloosa for being on his OV for the last 48 hours. Sounds like there's three things he's really looking for. Now, he's in Fayetteville now, and he's supposed to have a decision uh, here in the next few days after his trip. His trip will be over. uh, He'll leave tomorrow from Fayetteville. And then it sounds like the family's going to get back together and they'll make a decision. But this is big for both teams now. Alabama has no front court depth. This guy could slide down, play four or five. Really good player, man. Finishes at the rim. This would make Alabama again a, a preseason top ten team, in my opinion. But again, he's looking. I mean, Grant Nelson here. He's looking for guy. I'm looking at it right now. Read the article today. Alabama checks two of these boxes. He's considered who the best system fit. I mean, there's probably not a better NBA offense for kit for any prospect out there than Nate Oates' system right now. And who can prepare him most for the NBA? Alabama's about to have two more lottery picks. I saw this week they were showing him what they did with Brandon Miller a lot last year from an isolation, uh, getting him on those. Um, getting him on some of those blocks at Alabama. I, I, I would like to go share a video probably at some point on my social media page. I just felt like the the slot, how many – if you what, everybody thinks Alabama just freely shoots as they please. There's a method to the madness, I should say, with Nate Oates and how they set up from the dunk spot, the wing spot, the slot, stuff like that. But Alabama's got two of the three characteristics between fit and NBA development, I think, over Arkansas. NIL, big rumors thrown around 700, 750 grand – a lot of rumors thrown around there. Again, he's in Fayetteville right now. I'm sure they get Eric Musselman and them have a pretty nice Walmart. Tyson Chicken have a pretty nice NIL package for him. He 
left the draft, come back. I think development's going to be key here. Uh, he's also big on strength and conditioning. Alabama's Henry Barrera. I don't know how great he is. I don't know Henry personally, but that is also something he's interested in. I expect a decision here between Sunday and Tuesday. I like Alabama right now. I feel like Alabama feels good about it too. They check uh, three to the three boxes, in my opinion. I don't see anything wrong with Coach Barrera, but fit and ability to develop to get to the NBA. Right now, no one's doing it better than Nate Oates. He's about to have two more first-round draft picks this year between Brandon Miller and Noah Clowney. I I think Nate Oates, I think this is the these are the best two teams in the SEC right now battling for the top transfer and make both this would make both their rosters significantly better. I think this is Arkansas may already be preseason top 10. I think Alabama with their front court worries a little bit. Uh, it worries you a little bit, but I think this would put Alabama overall in great shape. Now you throw in Kaluma from Creighton. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I'm not ready to say it. Alabama may be deeper 1 through 12 this upcoming year if they were to both get Grant Nelson and Kaluma than they were last year. Deeper 1 through 12, not the superstars or anything. 1 through 12, they may have a better roster if you added uh, Kaluma and Nelson. Call me crazy. It's early. It's only June. we got a while before we start talking a little in-depth hoops. But, again, big roster decision coming up here soon. Uh for both Alabama and Arkansas from that perspective. Justin, some some things here for us. Perfect. All right, there we go. Moving. Moving on. I told you. In case you missed it, Netflix. I am fired. I can't. August can't get here. I, I am glad they did this. And I'm going to put out a poll. What other documentary after this would you like to see? This was, this was one. If they had asked me, they would have went to my brain and said, give me one documentary from previous SEC days, especially from me growing up. I would have liked to know in the background, really, the full in-depth of the Urban Meyer era. Just so many, so many storylines, so many characters, antagonists, protagonists. Every, every, it's all over. Uh, well, Netflix is doing it. Now, it's going to be called Swamp Kings. Comes out August 23rd. It could be one of the best sports documentaries of all time. I'm, I'm being dead serious. I don't know why 30 for 30 ESPN didn't pick up on this. I mean, you have one of the most transcendent college athletes of all time in Tim Tebow. In my lifetime, Tim Tebow, I mean, Tim Tebow was the man. Like, he was the man. In like, he was in college when I was in college. He was about two years older than me. But, like, from 06 to 09, I mean, you take out just the success in general. I mean, two SEC championships, two national championships, Tim Tebow. I mean, then just the surrounding of Tim Tebow is, is awesome to me. Just this guy who did everything right. Everybody messed with him from asking if he was a virgin at SEC media days. But he's surrounded by all these guys where it's kind of an inmate run the, uh, inmates run the asylum type culture around there. I mean, just very interesting – also, you got to think this was a very short-lived dynasty when you throw that into it. it. It was only a dynasty that lasted three to four years. I mean, they won it in 06, had a little bit of a down year record-wise in Tebow's best year and his Heisman year. 08, I still think the 2008 team is arguably one of the greatest football teams of all time. I know they lost to a game. Surprisingly enough, the University of Florida has never had an undefeated season. So, But after that Ole Miss game, I, I witnessed it firsthand in the 2008 SEC championship game. The 2008 SEC championship game, witnessed it personally. Tim Tebow just willing that team to a victory. They just had dudes all over. They were just – they wanted to hurt you, physically harm you. That wasn't a physical football team. It was a good game, but Florida pulled away in the fourth quarter. I mean, Florida, that team just found ways to win. They knew they were going to win, and they knew they were better team. Again, one of the better teams of all time, in my opinion. The ceiling is through the roof on this on this documentary. It really is. I hope they are pull all layers back. I saw everybody's going to be in the documentary. Urban Meyer said no initially, but he came back – Wants to tell the truth about the team. Only guy I think, I think you're going to have Tebow's going to be. I, I'll read it, but I'll, I'm about to tell you some names. But I think Percy Harvin is the only guy that's really the known guy. It's not on there yet. Um, just some storylines. Talk like I talked about the success, the two national titles, two SEC championships, all the draft picks. I mean, we talked about Tim Tebow and Percy Harvin, Brandon Spikes, Joe Hayden, a lockdown corner back there, probably one of the more quiet guys on that roster. Major Wright, a safety who would take your head off. We already talked about Tebow. Percy Harvin, the Pouncey Twins, and, and how can we forget Aaron Hernandez? We talked about Aaron Hernandez. And then you throw in the fact all the personalities off the field, like Percy Harvin cursing out the strength coach, walking off uh, in the middle of a summer conditioning drill. Uh, Riley Cooper, if you talk to any NFL scout who had the Southeast back then from that time, when Riley Cooper and Aaron Hernandez were going through the draft process, could not stand each other. Could not stand each other. 
if you wanted to know anything about Aaron Hernandez from a negative standpoint, you talk to any scouts from my time working in football. We, I, this was always one of my favorite stories. If you wanted to know anything about Aaron Hernandez or Riley Cooper, they would both tell on each other. Riley Cooper had no problem telling Aaron Hernandez is dirt. Aaron Hernandez had no problem telling Riley Cooper is dirt. They, they did not like each other, did not get along. Uh, stuff like that is so fascinating to me from that standpoint. Uh, you get Carlos Dunlap found drunk at a stoplight the week of the SEC championship game in 2009. The year Alabama beat him. The year Alabama beat him. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, their best defensive end edge rusher, found drunk at a stoplight. Jermaine Cunningham assaulting a Jimmy John's employee. I mean, I'm a Jersey Mike's guy now. I'm a Jersey Mike's guy too, Jermaine. We can't go around slapping Jimmy John's employees. It's not fair to Jimmy. Yeah, he's going to have to replace him. But, again, just crazy storylines in all seriousness here and just numerous other stories you've heard from a rumor standpoint that will come to light. I mean, this has the potential to be one of the best – best documentaries of all time if they do it right you saw me probably on social media posted on twitter instagram and facebook last night talking about this highlight this you can tell i'm real fired up i'm passionate about this one because this was kind of my last few years in high school senior and just tim tebow one of the most transcendent stars of all time i just think there's so much around this what was the locker room like like did tim tebow ever get in anybody's face uh did they ever come get in his face did they like how he really handled his business was he kind of put on a different pedestal. But Tim Tebow seems like a legit dude the few times I've met him. He seems like he lives up to what he's been. I don't think any of that's some breaking news. Tim Tebow is a great guy. But just the guys around him, it was just hilarious. I mean, Brandon Spikes wasn't the greatest human being either. The only other guy I've ever heard that was kind of like a quiet, kind of went about his business on that team was really Joe Hayden. And I, another name I forgot, Janoris Jenkins was on those teams. It's just a talented team uh, that has so many off the stuff, but also with a very – transcendent like Gandhi leader when I when I'm saying Gandhi I'm meaning Tim Tebow leader just crazy you throw in like I said you have the coaches Dan Mullins the offensive coordinator Charlie Strong a defense coordinator two coaches that went on and coached at Louisville and Texas and Charlie Strong and Dan Mullen at Mississippi State in Florida throwing Steve Adazio was a head coach at Boston College he was the offensive line coach just um insane amount of people Mark Pantone going into the personnel world support staff role he was the personnel guy there he went with Urban Meyer to Ohio State he's still at Ohio State it's crazy. The amount of storylines from NFL scouts and people that work that building. I just hope they really pull it back. Now, don't sensationalize it. Don't lie about it. I mean, we all saw the documentary with Aaron Hernandez. He had issues back in Gainesville. You know, it's crazy. Him and Tim Tebow were roommates. I hope they talk about that. It's just, I hope they don't sensationalize it, but I hope they tell the truth. And I hope a lot of, and it sounds like everybody's going to, the, the gang's getting back together, except Percy Harvin. Everybody's going to be there to be interviewed. So that should be, that should be real fun. That should, that should be real fun. Just wanted to talk about that just a little um, before we get into a little regional talk. I'm going to bring my guy Trey Bear on here in just a minute as we got it, as we get him going in. But, man, I, I don't know how you could be excited about that. I'll be honest. With you, I don't know how you could not be excited about this documentary. And I'm going to post a poll. What other documentaries out there from have an SEC standpoint? It can be football, basketball, baseball. What what other what other documentaries era, which I obviously the Alabama, the Nick Saban, era, I think that's going to come out at some point. That, that's a long dynasty, 15 years to cover. I mean, think about Florida, as good as they were, very short-lived, very short-lived. Um, off the top of my head, off the top of my head, I'm thinking, thinking from a basketball standpoint. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like those teams, the DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, first few teams with Kentucky would be fun. I think that I think that would be a great documentary. Um, that's a basketball standpoint. Baseball standpoint. From a baseball standpoint, I mean, the Tennessee's team last Tennessee's team last year would be really fun uh, in baseball, I would think. And then finally, like, maybe the Arkansas team at lost in 2018 um, would be another good one. Uh, but you know, Trey, Trey, Bear, like I mentioned, he's coming on right now, bringing him on. Trey, there he is. You hear Dave, how's it going, brother? There he is. Trey, appreciate you joining us, man. We got good reviews on our one from last week, previewing the regionals, the first four rounds. We had 64 teams. We only have 16 teams left now, Trey. We only got 16 teams left. You're going to be at one of the Super Regionals. Probably the most intrigued Super Regional, our most intriguing Super Regional, in my opinion, is the Hattiesburg Regional. I think there's so much. But first, Trey, we know there's been a lot of um, a lot of flack 
from Southern Miss hosting. Just kind of go into that. I wanted to bring up something, but I'm going to let you speak. I'm going to go into ticket prices here. Just tell me your thoughts on Southern Miss getting to host that Super Regional. It's a big-time atmosphere. It's back-to-back years uh, for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Obviously, it's a really big deal in Hattiesburg hosting a Super only second time in school history, being a part of a Super only the third time in school history. So, as you can imagine, it, it's a really big deal. It, it, being in Hattiesburg right now, it's been pandemonium. Um, you know, driving past campus, seeing the, the ticket office, uh, people are killing each other to, to get their hands on tickets to be a part of the Super Regional this weekend. So, a lot of excitement. Uh, it's going to be one of the best atmospheres uh, this weekend in college baseball. Well, Trey, I just saw, I'm pulling it up right now, looking at my phone. Somebody, Jeff Taylor, I don't know who this is, but I saw it on Super Regional. NCAA Super Regional Game 1, quote, get-in prices ranked highest to lowest per stub hub. Southern Miss, or the Hattiesburg Regional is number one. Now, what do you think the average ticket is going for right now on stub hub for the Hattiesburg Super Regional? So, for one game? One, just one game. I'm going to say anywhere from 300 to $400. 247, but it's okay. in first place. I mean, it looks like you could walk up and for, for walk up, and they would be giving you uh, tickets in Fort Worth. They're going for a solid thirty dollars, so that'd be eight. So, if you're interested in a baseball game, all the Fort Worth listeners out there want to see Indiana State take on the Horn Frogs in Funky Town, you can probably empty the piggy bank to go to that. Thirty-one dollars right now. Uh, but Trey, so anyways, let's get back to a little before we get into the the eight matchup or the uh, the eight matchups. Um, what do you think? Regional review here, man. Biggest surprise, biggest disappointments from this past weekend. Yeah, so for me, Dave, uh, I went 500 on my picks. Actually, on one side of the bracket, I went seven for eight, uh, and then the other side of the bracket went one for eight. So just a weird weekend of baseball, per usual in the regional round. Uh, my biggest surprise is actually a tie. Uh, so I was really surprised that Indiana State was able to handle business uh, in Terre Haute like they did this weekend. Uh, they you know, were really unscathed, uh, never really were even th- – never even really threatened to lose uh, in that one. And also, I was really surprised that uh, Coastal fell short at home. Uh, the bats kind of kind of died on them this weekend. And as, as we've seen all year long, you know, Coastal's been able to handle business, especially offensively, all year long at home. It's a very hitter-friendly park, so – especially in that regional championship against Duke. It, that was really surprising to see the bats kind of go dead. Yeah. Now, I would say on my end, we talked a little bit about on it on uh, Tuesday's show this week. Uh, you won't listen. I'd probably say Auburn or Vanderbilt. Not really surprised. I picked Southern. I thought Southern Miss would win that regional. Probably if I had to, uh, Vanderbilt. I know Auburn went 0-2 and, and Vanderbilt 1-2, and 2, but still Vanderbilt not winning. A, I didn't think that was a very tough regional. I thought they should have won that. The fact that they lost to uh, Oregon – and then uh, didn't even make it to the championship round of the regional was very disappointing, especially when you thought they were getting a little hot coming. They ended up winning Hoover. I mean, they were the SEC tournament champs. It just goes to show you, everybody always thinks sometimes it's good to get out early and get some rest, which I think sometimes traditionally that's not true. But then sometimes you see a team go win it and they look tired when they get to the regional weekends. From a positive standpoint, biggest surprise, I mean, TCU looks like they're playing pretty good baseball right now. They look like they're pretty like, – they, that looks like a team that you're, I, I think you're going to see get – I would be shocked if they weren't no more. I know it's easy to say they're hosting a regional now against Indiana State, but, like, you watch them against Arkansas. I mean, they really didn't give Arkansas any room to breathe this past week, twice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we get to this point in the year, there's always that one team in the Big 12 that kind of emerges. We haven't really seen them uh, find their zenith all year long, uh, except for when we get – late into the postseason, but that, you know, last year that team was Oklahoma, and it seems like this year, Dave, uh, that team's TCU. Well, we talked we talked a little superlatives regional play, but it's in the past. Let's look ahead. I'm sharing the screen. I'm about to share the screen now. Get us the rest of the bracket up. All right, here we go. Can you see this? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. All right, we're about to go into We're going to start on the left side of the bracket, starting with Alabama heading to Wake Forest. Just some initial thoughts. Uh, heading into this one, but I mean, for me myself, I think I think Alabama has a chance to win this. I mean, like I said, it's a veteran team. Uh, they've played a lot of baseball. They're not going to be overly intimidated. They've seen Paul Skeens this year. I don't think they're going to be overly intimidated by with this Wake team. And I think this Wake team's really good. I mean, Rhett Louder is going to be really tough to beat. Uh, but small ballpark. I mean, Wake strengths is an offensive lineup. 
marry really well with how small their ballpark is. Sometimes Alabama's pitching can leave stuff in the zone. I'm really talking about Garrett McMillan on Saturdays, number two. I think that could be an issue with Alabama. The key will be them, how they settle in really with Nick Kurtz and Tommy Hawk specifically. If they can keep them off the bases, I think the rest of the lineup for the Deacons are, is a little manageable. Uh, very, very interesting super regional here to me. Uh, if I'm Wake Forest, I mean, everybody talks a little bit about Alabama kind of getting the screw into the job. If I'm Wake Forest, I'm not real jacked that this is a 16 seed. I think Alabama was closer really anywhere from 11 to 13 seed. Again, an older squad. Tommy Seidel with the starting left fielder DH is 25, 26 years old, the Harvard transfer. A lot of these guys, fifth, six years guys, they not going to say that's going to be a reason they're going to win, but I'm going to stick with my pick originally going into the bracket. I picked Alabama to make it to them all. I'm going to stick with it here. I think Bama wins this in three. What say you here, Trey? Uh, yeah, Dave. So, uh, like we've talked about in the last episode, the, the number one overall seed curse, it's very real. Uh, you know, they're the, the, I'm not going to pick them to win the national championship, but I am, I am going to pick them to handle business, uh, in this super regional, just the, the quality yeah. of depth of arms they have both in the bullpen and the, the everyday rotation. I'm going to go wake for us in two games, unfortunately. Yeah. This is but probably I'm, one of, yeah, you're going two games. Yeah, I'm gonna go two games, but I think you're right about Wake Forest not being super jacked about that about that matchup. You know, yeah. like we talked about, it may have been the NCAA's way of punishing Alabama for the Brad Bohannon situation, but they definitely, you know, have a better matchup than originally anticipated here. Yeah, and I think this could be the best pitching matchups from top. Not not specifically just one game. I'm talking about the depth of both pitching staffs. Maybe the best super regional like combo here because I'm like you, Wake Forest is deep. Alabama's pretty deep and pitching from a depth standpoint. I, I this would be if you're playing a pitching, and I say that because it's a very small ballpark and it plays small. You may see a lot of home runs if it gets left in the zone a little bit, but these are some deep pitching staff. So you got the Demon Deacons advancing no more. I'm gonna stick with my original pick with Alabama. Would not be shocked either way. We're gonna move, continue to move down to the left side of the regional. We're gonna head to Palo Alto where the Texas Longhorns are gonna travel to Stanford to face the eighth overall seed Stanford. This is a Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. And sorry, all these, I should have said this on the front end. All these left side regionals are uh, super regionals, I should say, are Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. So we'll keep going through this, but this is one as well. Trey, what do you think about, so what do you think about this series heading into it? Uh, so Texas was one of the teams I picked. Uh, I actually had Texas A&M winning the, winning the Stanford regional. So um it was, I was a little bit surprised to see them fall a little short, but still a great yeah. matchup here. You know, two college baseball blue bloods. Uh, it's going to be a back-and-forth heavyweight slugfest all weekend. Uh, but I'm going to go with a bit of a sleeper pick here. I'm going to go Texas Longhorns in three games. Yeah, crazy enough, these are the only two teams left in the tournament that were in Omaha last year. They're having to play each other. So they're guaranteed to be a repeat Omaha appearance by one of these teams. These are the only two teams – that are still remaining that were in Omaha last year. But it, it just feels like every – I feel like since I was a kid, I feel like Stanford is like the elimination team. I feel like they're that team that goes and loses their either Friday or Saturday whenever the regional starts, game one. They feel like they always go get in a hole game one. And they just are – you can't put them away, especially at home. They're like Freddy Krueger, man. They just keep coming back. I feel like I've seen – I mean, A&M did it this past weekend to them. They, they advanced in the winner's bracket, and Stanford came back, and they just could not put – I mean, A&M was up like 4 nothing in uh, – the first game on Sunday night and Stanford came back. The bath got alive. It's the leadoff guy. I forget his name. He's unbelievable. Guy, guys, a real understanding has a high baseball IQ. He can tell where the shift is. He'll try to go opposite as much as possible. Um, Stanford being at home. Um, I, I'm going to go Stanford in three in this one. I'm going I'm to go the Cardinal in three. We're, so, right, we're both. Yeah, we're, we're both. Yeah. Going to be a great we're, matchup both ways. We're, 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 we're both opposites here. You got Wake Forest in the first Super Regional. You got Texas in the the second one. I have Alabama and Stanford. Move, continuing to move down the Saturday, Sunday, Monday matchups. Uh, we got – here it is, the one we talked about for the show. We got two of them, two SEC versus SEC matchups. Here's the first one. We got Kentucky, the 12th overall seed, heading to the 5th overall seed, heading to Alex Box Stadium place it's accustomed to hosting super regionals uh i mean in my opinion here trey i mean i just i don't see this team getting stopped by kentucky at home i hate to say that i have a lot of respect for nick mangione and the kentucky team they they're an older team too they, and they've already played at alex box this year they already played a region a series in baton rouge it went to a rubber game got a little chippy both teams going back and forth 
Um, feels like the LSU season has been a little bit of a roller coaster. They started off hot. Oh, man, maybe they're one of the greatest college baseball teams ever. Hit a lull. They didn't even win their division. Arkansas won the West, finished third in the overall in the SEC. People were like, man, should we get rid of Jay Johnson? No, I don't think a lot of people were saying that, but people were on his tail a little bit. Now it's after the regional play. They feel like they're going to – like. They're, they have as good a chance to win it as anybody, and I agree with that. But I'm, I'm still saying it for them to win it all, and I, I like them to get out of this. I think this game's, I think this series is going to go three. I think it's going to go three. I think Kentucky's going to get one because they're a veteran team. But again, for LSU, I think Ty Floyd or Thatcher Hurd, one of them is going to have to be the unsung hero of not only this super regional, but the summer in general. They're going to have to go. Someone's going to have to go help Paul Skeens. I just do not see Jay Johnson and his team their season ending at home to Kentucky. I just I, – I, I could be wrong. I think it goes three, but I think LSU is going to punch their ticket to Omaha. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same way, Dave. I like LSU in three games here. Uh, I think that Kentucky's a scrappy ball club. Uh, gave, you know, LSU a little bit of trouble in the regular season. Uh, I, I really like what, what they're going to be able to do, but I, I'm with you. I think LSU's talent is going to take over here, especially in Baton Rouge. Uh, you know, the, the pitching is a big concern, but it didn't appear to be much of a concern in the regional. And uh, so, it, like you said, Paul Skeens, is, it's guaranteed he's going to be lights out on Friday night just about. Um, and then, you know, they're going to need somebody to step up and uh, and win him a close second game. So, yeah, they're going like to have to have – They're going to have to – And, I, and, and, the, and the, the thing I like about LSU here is – I think the pitching pendulum kind of swings back to their favor now in all these setups now. I mean, in a series, I think they may be a little fine thing, get somebody to step up, like I said, Floyd or Hurd. And I think in Omaha, you get so many days in between games. Like, I think it kind of helps, sets up. For the, I, I wasn't really worried about them in the regional, but I thought if they were going to really slip up, and again, they could easily lose at Omaha. I, I just, again, I, for whatever reason, I keep saying, I don't see them losing Kentucky at home this team losing to Kentucky at home to not get to Omaha. Just, I, just, this just doesn't feel like this is going to be it. Now, granted, I bet no one a couple – ten years ago thought Stony Brook was going to roll in there and end LSU season. I, I didn't either. But I just don't – I don't really see this. I, I don't really see that. Like, you agree with that as well. You got LSU. What would you say, Trey? I didn't hear it. Did you say two or three games? Three games. Three games. All right, so if you're keeping track at home, I'm going to update the score for you here. So we got Trey from his standpoint now. Wake Forest, Stanford, and LSU advancing out of this left side of the bracket. I have no. I'm going, I'm going Texas. I'm going Texas. No, sorry, baby. sorry. You have Wake Forest, Texas, LSU. I have Alabama, Stanford, uh, and LSU advancing. So the one we agree on right now is LSU. We both have the Tigers advancing them all. And Trey, the one you'll be at, the one you'll be at. I, and we'll get into a little bit of the superlatives here of the Super Regional in just a bit. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. this is the most intriguing Super Regional to me. Right, right now. Tennessee heading to Pete Taylor Park, Southern Miss hosting another Super Regional back-to-back years. This is going to be a fun match, especially game one. Dolander, Tanner Hall, this is the best game one pitching matchup. I said Alabama Wake Forest had the best depth overall from a Super Regional standpoint when you combine uh, all the pitching Wake Forest has with what Alabama has. But I think the best matchup, the one game, is Tennessee, Southern Miss. I'm not going to give my pick first. I'm going to turn it over to you. Just, Just some thoughts heading into this, Trey. Yeah, Dave, I'm right there with you. I think this is, you know, I'm biased, uh, but I think that this is definitely the most intriguing Super Regional. If you've been on Twitter all week, you've seen both fan bases going back and forth uh, relentless with each other. Uh, Tennessee fans complaining about the Regional being in Hattiesburg and Southern Miss fans, you know, letting them hear it. Uh, This is going to be this is going to be an absolute dogfight. I'm really looking forward to to attending. Uh, But I, I like Southern Miss. I like Southern Miss. In two games here, I'm gonna I'm gonna shock the world a little bit. Uh, it just feels like the stars are kind of starting to align for a storybook fairy tale season. Uh, Scott Berry's career coming to an end. If you remember the last time Southern Miss went to made a trip to Omaha, it was Corky Palmer's last season, and they were able to sweep Florida in the Super Regional. So, uh, you know, we talked about uh, in the last episode how important it was the location of this Super Regional. Uh, so I think Southern Miss. Uh, being at home where they've played exceptionally well all year in Tennessee where they've really struggled on the road uh, all year. So I'm going to go Southern Miss in two games going to Omaha. And, I, and the interesting point is, I, see, I think if anybody was to sweep one another in this series, I think it'd be Tennessee. So I'll disagree with you on that one. But I'll say this. I don't really get the Tennessee fan gripe. I really don't. I think, again, I say, I've say i said it all baseball season. 
why we don't see this tournament one through 64. I, I'll never get it. Why do we stop at 16? Why? I mean, 17 is not that high of a number, right? 64 is not that high of a number. Like, why can't we see this so we don't have these conversations about bids and whatnot? But I think if – let's just say hypothetically, they, they did see them one through 64. I think – and I know it's not a fact, and we don't base decisions off thoughts, believe – I just uh, – I think. I think – I truly – Southern Miss would have been the 17th or 18th seed. They would have been higher than Tennessee when you really – because I think the conference tournament changed. They went in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament – would have pushed him over. And you forget Tennessee went 0 at 1 and out in the SEC tournament when they had a chance to go. They had an opportunity that week to go put in to pad their host resume. They just didn't get it done. Like, not saying Tennessee can't beat Southern Miss. My prediction here may say that in just a minute. But for them just to think that they had hosted, which I think they forget. Sometimes I see on Twitter that they forget Southern Miss hosted last year. Like they hosted a regional. I didn't get, or they played a harder regional last week. I don't know what that has to do. Or the, I mean, the RPI, I guess, is somewhat fair. But at the end of the day, the problem is there's no criteria. They're not open about it. But when in reality, you're just splitting hairs. I mean, Southern Miss really should have hosted this regional because I think if they really seeded them, Southern Miss would have been a higher seed. But with that being said, I think Southern Miss has got to win game one in this one. I think for them to win the series, I think Tanner Hall, they have to win the game Tanner Hall pitches. With that being said, I like Tennessee's pitching depth better. I'm going to go with the pitching depth. I think Tennessee gets this one in three. I think they're going to get – I think Southern Miss wins game one. Tennessee comes back and wins the next two. But this is one that's a total – I'm more confident – I'm more confident almost in picking the Alabama Wake Forest series than I am this one. This one, I, I have no, this one could go either way, Tennessee, Southern Miss. But I think that's why it's the most intriguing. Like I said, the best game one matchup we'll see Friday or Saturday. I'm real excited about uh, about 2.30. And that is it 2 or 2.30, Trey, first pitch? 2 o'clock, first pitch, yeah, Saturday. Yeah, 2, two o'clock. It, Pete Taylor part, but no, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be every going to be every bit of about 95, 96 degrees in Hattiesburg. Yeah. Southern Miss always gets that. Uh, Southern Miss always gets that random midday regional or super regional, I guess, going back to last year. But again, I think Tennessee wins this one in three. So we're done with the left side of the bracket to wrap up me and Trey's left side of the bracket before we move over to the right side. Trey, correct me if I'm wrong. You have the Demon Deacons, the Longhorns, LSU Tigers, and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles advancing to Omaha on that side of the regional. I, if you've been keeping score at home, I have Alabama advancing, I have Stanford advancing, LSU advancing, and Tennessee advancing. So me and Trey only agree on one of them. We both have LSU advancing. That's the only one we agree on. But moving to the right side of the bracket, these are starting tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday regionals. Uh, Trey, another SEC on SEC matchup here. We have six SEC teams left. At max, the SEC could get four in. It's obviously some two SEC teams are going to advance. Just depends how many more after that, depending on what Tennessee and Alabama do. But the Florida, the number two overall seed, Florida Gators, taking on the number 15 seed, South Carolina Gamecocks. South Carolina swept Florida in Columbia early in the year. Trey, what do you what do you think's happening? We're switching scenes here. We're going to Gainesville. What do you think changes? Or do you think anything changes? You think South Carolina still gets the best of them? Uh, no, I'm going to go. I like the Gators in this series. Although, uh, if you would ask me a week ago, who's going to win this series, I would have said Florida in two convincing games. Uh, this is right now. It's a lot tougher. You know, South Carolina really handled business, uh, in a, in a regional that I thought was going to be really difficult for them. They honestly, Trey, not, not to interrupt you. They were honestly one of my surprise teams. Now we're talking about it. Like I did, I thought NC state would come out of that regional and they, they the way they played, I mean, they, cause they were, I mean, they were faltering at the end of the year, losing five of the last six series. Went oh, uh, one and one and uh, or one and two in the SEC tournament. Their only win being against a bad Georgia team. I mean, they really didn't have a lot to hang their hat on the last uh, few weeks. And I think they, they were a big upset pick last week, and they handled business. You're right. I was, I was a little shocked by them. Yeah, I, I picked Campbell to win this regional, and uh, they were able to take care of them pretty convincingly. So uh, I do like Florida, but I'm going to go in three games just because of. Uh, South Carolina, they're starting to come to life at the plate. A lot of their hitters are hot. Um, they've got Will McGillis back in the leadoff spot, former Southern Miss second baseman, um, who's had a great season for them. Uh, but I, I just like the overall veteran uh, lineup for Florida. Wyatt Langford's unbelievable. Jack Caglione uh, is my pick to win the Golden Spikes right now. Uh, and then, you know, they're – they're top to bottom starting pitching with with Sprout and uh, Hurston Walter, also former Southern Miss Golden Eagle. So, uh, you know, I like Florida in three games here. Uh, a lot in a lot more interesting matchup than uh, I would have said a week ago. 
Yeah, and uh, see, I think the key here, I think it's going to be Florida's rotation. They're kind of starting to hit their stride here with Neely, uh, Waldrop, and Cagley on it. But I don't think it gets to three. I think Florida wins the first two here. I think it's a little bit of a revenge factor. Florida played one of their worst weekends of baseball all year when they went to Columbia, got swept, got embarrassed. I think it's a little bit of a revenge factor along with adding in the fact, hey, like we're, we're going to the Mecca, what we started our one of our goals to go check a box off to go to the Omaha to the World Series. So I think you got the double whammy there. I think South Carolina comes back to earth a little bit this week. I think the key will be them to limiting South Carolina to just – most of the time, nine times out of ten, maybe eight. South Carolina this year has got a bunch of their runs just off home runs. They'll get a walk or a single, then hit a two-run shot or two walks, and then they'll hit a three-run shot. They've rarely just strung hits together. They get a lot of runs off home runs, not really even shots in the gap. So I think if Florida can limit walks – and Waldrop can – Get, get a little wild now at times, but I think he's pitching well. He pitched well last weekend. I don't even think it gets to Cagliano. I think Florida takes this in two. And I think uh, Kevin Sullivan and the boys get back to Omaha. So, Trey, you got – we both got Florida here. You just have Florida. You just have this going uh, the distance to game three. I have it finishing up in two. Uh, heading down to another regional, our second regional on the right side. Again, a Friday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday regional. The seven overall seed Virginia Cavaliers – facing the Duke Blue Devils. They played in the regular season as well. I actually think Duke won two out of three of this. I actually think Duke won the series in the regular season when I was looking at it. Uh, I like Virginia here. It would not shock me. Duke, I mean, Duke's. I like Duke's pitching staff here, but the Who struggled down the stretch. Uh, they lost four of the last five series, I believe, but played well last week in the regional, a little South Carolina-ish. I think this series goes the distance. Who's at home? I think Virginia gets back to Omaha. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same way, Dave. I like Virginia in three games here. Uh, was uh, That was another really big surprise for me was Duke coming out of that regional, uh, beating Coastal at home, who's played so well at home all year. Very hitter-friendly ballpark. Uh, but, again, a really veteran lineup uh, there in Charlottesville and uh, going to be – going to be a really exciting atmosphere for baseball this weekend. Uh, so, yeah, I like Virginia in three games. Agree. So we're both we're, we're we're hey we're batting a thousand together on this one. We both have Florida advancing. We both have the Who's advancing from Virginia. And probably going down here, one of the most random super regionals I can remember. I'll be honest with you here. The Oral Roberts Eagles, O R U as they like to be called, dominated the Stillwater Regional. Looked really good last week. Looked really good week when I was watching uh, Squeeze play when they go back to Stillwater. Looked really good. Traveling to Oregon, who won the Nashville Regional. We just, I was talking about Vanderbilt being one of my teams uh, that I was real disappointed in. But heading to Eugene, I'll, I'll be honest with you here, Trey. I, I like the I like the Eagles here. I like Oral Roberts. I think they're going to be that team this year and kind of feel-good story. Well, hell, if Alabama were to make Omaha, they're your feel-good story. But uh, Oral Roberts, I feel like from an out-of-nowhere standpoint, it just feels like they're going to make it to Omaha this year. I mean, statistically, they're way better than Oregon. You go look at their slugging percentage, their overall average, ERA. I think Oral Roberts gets game one and game three, and I think they win this in three in Eugene. Don't be shocked if they win the first two. But I like Oral Roberts advancing to Omaha here. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way, Dave. Uh, I, I really like the Cinderella story here uh, for Oral Roberts. Uh, the, you know, you couldn't ask for a more, a more favorable matchup for them. So – uh, you know, they, like you said, this team's really exciting. I mean, they absolutely rake. They, they. I mean, they won. Oral Roberts won a really tough regional last week. I mean, at, they, uh, they uh, did. That, that region. Dallas that region. Baptist was in that. Oklahoma State, Washington was a solid Pac-12 team as a three seed. That regional was a little bit of a crapshoot. Uh, Oklahoma State definitely laid an egg in that one. Uh, that really disappointing effort uh, on their part. And I thought Dallas Baptist was going to come back uh, and and win that regional. But, um, you know, Oral Roberts was relentless. They handled business. Like you said, they, I mean, this team rakes. They, uh, they, they're up there in top of the NCAA in a lot of offensive categories. Uh, they hit for extra bases. They're aggressive. Uh, they bunt. They steal. They make a lot of things happen. Oregon's just one of those teams uh, I, I feel like was, is going to be kind of a one-weekend story and uh, winning that regional. That, that was – other than the fact that – Vanderbilt really disappointed, like we talked about. Uh, thought that was a little bit of a boring regional, but uh, give me the Golden Eagles of Oral Roberts uh, in two games here to advance to the World Series. Are, 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 are they the Golden Eagles or just the Eagles? They're the, they're, the, they're the they're the they're the Golden Eagles. 
I got you. The Golden Eagles. So we got the Southern Miss Golden Eagles in black and gold, and we got the Oral Robert. I mean, who's going to win over there? Black or navy blue? I mean, both the golds in there. Just interesting. But no, Oral Roberts. I'm telling you, I mean, that was a tough regional. They just rolled through. They didn't lose a game. Like, they, yeah, I mean, they just dominated a very tough regional. I, I mean, that was no, that was very impressive. So, I mean, you were both in agreement here. We're going to have a four seed make Omaha. But I mean, you're both in agreement there. Circling the wagons here for you keeping score at home. I know I keep saying that. Me and Trey, we're three for three, baby. We're keeping the thousand, batting a thousand. Both have Florida, both have Virginia. Both of us have the four seed Eagles rocking it. Uh, the Oral Roberts ORU heading to Eugene, getting the win. And then finally, Trey, the last super regional, another random. I was talking again, if you're in the Fort Worth area, they're giving tickets away. So you can go see this game. Uh, Indiana State, who hosted last week, uh, the 14 overall seed will head to TCU to Funky Town uh, to face the Horn Frogs, who me and you were talking about before, Trey, probably, probably playing some of the best baseball in the country. I mean, they went and, like I said, they they, they would not let Arkansas breathe last week. Just just dominated them twice. I mean, it was it was really impressive. I think TCU wins this one in two. I, got, I think TCU is going to be – TCU on that right side of the bracket in Omaha, if all this checks out, wouldn't be shocked to see them in the, in the national championship series, honestly. Wow, that's a bold statement. Uh, I agree with you. I do like TCU in this regional. Indiana State not getting that super feels feels like an embarrassing effort on their athletic department. Uh, you know, really surprising. It felt like they just weren't prepared uh, from a standpoint of, of hosting you know, that weekend. Uh, I think it was the the Special Olympics that uh, they're hosting. Yeah, instead. I was just, just going to say that. Yeah, yeah just, just a crazy scenario. So, uh, like you said, they're kind of giving out tickets in Fort Worth. It was a little bit surprising. Uh, this team's seen a lot of success in the last couple of years, uh, but they could have also been unprepared to host a Super, um, you know, being a two-seed matched up with that region. So, uh, like you mentioned, Arkansas really disappointed. TCU kind of just let them have it. Uh, they're playing really good baseball right now. Uh, I don't I don't see that train stopping uh, with Indiana State. So, uh, give me the Horned Frogs at TCU to advance uh, in two games. To, I think they're oh, going to handle business. So we, so we just chalked across the board, didn't we? On the right, on the right side, we chalked. We, yeah, we, my we left, my left side, my left side, very different from yours. But we're, we're yeah, we, you right were, I mean, you were three out of four different on the left side. So wrapping up, again, we have Trey Abear with us, former student athlete at the University of Southern Mississippi. He will have boots on the ground at Pete Taylor Park again. Well, I'm about to get before we get Trey out of here. Before we end this show, I'm going to get him to rank his one through eight super regionals. In most, he's most intrigued by. But again, just to wrap up, Trey, correct me if I'm wrong. Wake Forest, you have advancing out of the right side. Texas, you have advancing. LSU and Southern Miss all advancing Omaha on the right side of the bracket. He has Florida, Virginia, Oral Roberts, and TCU. Now, for me, I have Alabama advancing. Is kind of the Cinderella story. I mean, that would be such. I mean. It's almost a Disney movie. If you come back from your coach betting on you to make it all the way to Omaha, it'd be insane. But I do have the tide. I picked it at the beginning of my bracket. Why change now? But I got Stanford advancing uh, in the second game of the right or the second series of the right bracket. I have LSU, the one uh, series me and Trey agreed on on the left side. Now I have Tennessee and three over Southern Miss in the series Trey will be at this weekend. Going to the right side, again, me and Trey chalk across the board. I have the Florida Gators advancing. Uh, I have Virginia advancing. I have Oral Roberts, a four seed, getting to Omaha. And then finally, going to Funky Town, TCU winning that regional. Trey, before I get you, before I get you out of here, we're going to go back to that tweet I was telling you about. We're going to go one through eight here. The Hattiesburg Regional is going for the most money right now. Two, We talked about that, $247 on average on StubHub right now. The second Super Regional, highest average per game, the Winston-Salem Regional. $184. I mean, this is – I think it'd be Wake Forest's first time since 1955 to get to Omaha. So, I don't know how big that alumni, alumni base is, but it looks like a lot of them are going. Uh, number three, Baton Rouge, $109 on average to see LSU play Kentucky, essentially an SEC series for you. Number four, Stanford. Apparently the people up there uh, in Palo Alto are willing to pay $99 on average to go see that. Going through Pac-12, Brethren, Oregon, Eugene, $67. Florida and Gainesville, $35. Charlottesville, $34. And then, like I said, in Funky Town, they're just giving it away at $31. If you want to go see a baseball game, really, in Gainesville, Charlottesville, Fort Worth, you can probably go into the piggy bank at your local grocery store, and that'll be able to pay for one of those tickets. But, again, Southern Miss, 
It's going to be a fun atmosphere. $247, essentially $250 just to go there. Trey, before we get you out of here, I prepped it, sneaked it a little bit. Give us one through eight. The Super Regionals you are most excited about. Start with number eight, and then we'll get to one. So a uh, least, least interesting Super Regional, in my opinion, uh, is going to be Oral Roberts out of Oregon. Or a Eugene, Oregon, just when you think of baseball town, you do not think of Eugene, Oregon. Uh, and like you said, really random matchup. Uh, and Oregon still maybe seemed like a, a little bit of an underdog, as crazy as that sounds. So uh, that's going to be my number eight. Number seven, uh, I'm going to go Indiana State at TCU. Like you said, just for some reason, seems like they're giving out tickets there in Fort Worth. Uh, not saying that these aren't two good teams. I, I think these are two very good teams, as Indiana State proved last weekend handling business. TCU. Really hot team that's emerging out of the Big 12. Uh, and then, so, number six, uh, I'm going to go Duke at Virginia. Uh, this is just – it's an ACC conference matchup. The ACC may be a little bit down this year. Uh, didn't really find their stride with, with a lot of top dogs like usual. Uh, number five, I'm going to go Texas at Stanford. I think this would be different if it were in Austin. Austin just – you know, a blue blood baseball town, uh, always going to draw a really exciting crowd. Stanford, um, not going to draw a huge electric crowd in, in Palo Alto, but um, two really good teams. So uh, I've got this one right in the middle of the pack because those kind of cancel each other out. Number four, I'm going to go Kentucky at LSU. You can always count on it being electric in Baton Rouge. However, I, I think they're going to I think they're going to handle uh, Kentucky this weekend. They, like we talked about, they've got to have some pitching step up uh, in order to advance to Omaha and do some damage there. Number three, this has kind of slept on my opinion, is Alabama at Wake Forest. Wake Forest, they've been the number one ranked team for, for some time now. Uh, they've established a lot of credibility in, in their bullpen and in their starting rotation. Alabama, though, like we talked about, uh, you know, a good 16 seed, a, a they were probably – if you're Wake Forest, you're, you're maybe a little bit upset about this. You thought you were going to be facing uh, maybe an Indiana State team uh, as a 16, but they got to face the Tide. Uh, number two, uh, I think this is going to be a slugfest, uh, back-and-forth battle. I think it's going to go three games. Dave, you've got Florida handling South Carolina here, but uh, I'll, I'm going to go South Carolina at Florida. Uh, relatively new ballpark, uh, re really family-friendly uh, environment, a cool place to go watch a baseball game. I think that's going to be electric. I think it's going to go back and forth. And then number one, like we've talked about a lot this episode, Tennessee at Southern Miss. I think it's going to be just an unreal environment for baseball this weekend. Uh, you could argue that the best atmosphere uh, for baseball this weekend. It's it's going to be it's going to be chaotic. Uh, you know, the fan bases are going to be going back and forth. There's been a lot going on on Twitter. Tennessee fans feel like Southern Miss shouldn't have hosted this Super Regional. Uh, in my opinion, Southern Miss did everything that you asked them to do and more uh, to host this Super Regional. But going to be a great weekend of baseball. Going to be really hot uh, in Hattiesburg. And, uh, you know, just really looking forward to it. So that's that's my hands down um, most exciting Super Regional matchup this weekend. Trey, how, how do you think the Super Regional's atmosphere is going to match up to last year? Do so you think it being Ole Miss and in-state, like school uh, rival, it's going to yeah, be a that, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think it's it's not going to be as intimate, um, if that makes sense. Uh, the, last year there were there were a good amount of Ole Miss fans that made the trip. This year, I think there there are a good bit of my, a good bit of Tennessee fans that want to make the trip, but uh, tickets are just so hard to come by right now uh, in Hattiesburg. So I think it's going to be dominated by black and gold uh, this weekend and. You know, last year, I remember when we hosted LSU in the regional, Jay Johnson said in the press conference that, you know, after they got eliminated, that this was an SEC-type environment. The, you know, he said this is one of the best, most hostile environments we played at all year. So uh, I thought that's that, that surprised LSU, and I think it's going to surprise Tennessee this weekend, uh, especially down at that bullpen. Uh, they're going to be – that bullpen's gonna have hell from the from the right field roost all weekend. Uh, so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Gonna be really exciting. Uh, gonna be a great turnout in Hattiesburg. I'm confident. Uh, you know, rain or shine. And, and I don't think this is a Tennessee team that has the swagger or kind of chip on their shoulder they had last year. Now I think some of that has to do with they're not as obviously overall as good. 
but they lost the guys like Drew Gilbert. It was kind of like their gasoline on the fire that they would talk a little bit. Like Christian Moore guy. I, I just don't think Luke Richie yeah, they haven't had the they don't they haven't had the success either. I think that maybe Vitalo backing that up a little bit, but I just don't. They don't have. They're not as loud and boisterous as they have been. Now maybe this week it changes. They feel like they got slighted. And they come in with a little bit of the chip on their shoulder, and that comes out a little bit because it will be probably the most besides outside of probably the Baton Rouge regional. I would assume probably the most raucous atmosphere. I mean, it'd probably I would say it's either be in Hattiesburg or Baton Rouge if Pete Taylor Parker Alex Box Stadium would probably be the top two, I would probably say, atmospheres you're going to. And that can bleed over to the visiting team and how they react. So it'll be interesting. They always follow their head coach's lead. Vitale is a fiery guy. I think he's kind of checked that a little bit since the last two years. But, again, though, I mean, uh, Tennessee fans mad about not having an Applebee's in Hattiesburg. I'll tell you, there is a nice Chili's, though, in Hardy Street. Chili's is just better than Applebee's in general. So if you, we're not going to have that conversation because it's a waste of my breath. I'm already 33 years old. I don't want to waste on factual stuff that I know it's already – so if you're mad about there not being an Applebee's, there's two great restaurants I recommend for you Tennessee fans out here that are listening to this show. It's, it's Chili's. It's just better than Applebee's anyways if you're trying to go that kind of route. But also Crescent City Grill. That's my favorite restaurant in Hattiesburg. So Tennessee fans listening, go get that. Go get the crab and corn bisque. That, that is what I would recommend. But again, Trey, I appreciate you joining us on this show. Everybody else, we appreciate you joining us on this show. Uh, we're going to get Trey probably most likely on next week if he's available to preview Omaha with us. Uh, like I said, go last week. I talked to Trey all the time on the phone. First of all, he's my cousin. He's been a student athlete. He knows the day of the life. He's a big college baseball guy. Wrote for College Baseball Nation. Was it Trey or Central? I forget which one. Do College Baseball Central. College Baseball Central. They covered Southern Miss for him. So has a good insight. Going to have boots on the ground this week. Uh, the Hasbrook Super Regional should be fun. Like we mentioned, me and Trey said it a million times. Mo- most exciting, most uh Interesting Super Regional, in my opinion. But, again, I appreciate everyone joining us. You have a fantastic weekend. Super Regional start tomorrow. i uh, got one SEC, two, t- two SEC teams facing each other. It's an SEC, uh, an SEC matchup there, Florida, South Carolina. But, again, I appreciate you joining us on this episode of Mock 10 Sports. You have a fantastic weekend. Keep following us on Mock 10 Sports for the best information on SEC sports.